thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Thank you again for joining us. We are so glad to have you with us on Jesus the Healer. And we are going to continue today and on a, on a direction we've been on, what is this? Maybe this is about the 10th time that we've been on this topic. And my, 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 we have enjoyed yes. the word, uh, gaining light on it so that we can be more skillful in our doing. Yes. And so we invite you, join along with us by getting your Bible and getting a notepad and take notes. And we're believing that God's gonna say things to you that answer questions for your life. Yes. And it can even happen that he'll say things to you that never come out of my mouth. Yes. And so just be listening. Yes. Amen. Amen. And it's to turn us into better doers yes. of the word because it's the doer that's blessed. So thank you again for joining us. We've been camping on this delightful instruction that the word commands of us. And that is to hold fast yes. because there's one thing about the spirit of faith. It, it, it will put us in a flow of holding fast yes. to everything that God says. And, um, that's, the, that's when we're going to see some manifestations of some things. Yes. Amen. We've been looking at several different scriptures as our foundational scriptures, and we want to again refer to those. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, it reads, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, and aren't we thankful that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or as we've said, our confession. Amen. Amen. Confessing what? Confessing what God says. Yes. Confessing the word. Yes. And notice because he is the great high priest of our confession, he's listening for our confession. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because he'll watch over those to make sure that they come to pass. Amen. Then Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23 reads, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Yes. Yes. Notice this. We're to be confessing our faith, not confessing feelings, right. not confessing circumstances, right. not confessing what things look like. Yeah. We're, we are aware, we're not oblivious right. that circumstances arise against us. Faith is not acting like something that's not there. Faith is just demanding that God, what God says trumps everything. Yes. Yes. That, and that's all we'll will we'll permit as an end result Amen. is what God says. Amen. 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 And so let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering. Yeah. We, we have one confession. one confession. We make one confession. We don't have um, 
We don't have varying confessions. One opposing the other. No, one confession of faith. It's a confession of faith. Why is that? We can do that. He is faithful that promised. So know this, when we hold, when we hold fast to what he says, he is faithful to fulfill what he says. And our holding fast invites him to move. And, and our holding fast holds the door open to him and closed to the enemy. And then we're also, we also have been looking at Revelation chapter 2 and verse 25, which reads, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. Notice this is part of the life of the believer holding fast. And too many times, if we're not careful, we think that just the manifestation of answers is what we're to be occupied with. But you know what? This is an instruction, hold fast. It's as much a part of the word as receiving our answers is part of the word. Hold fast. When we're holding fast, we're doers of the word. When we're receiving our miracles, we're doers of the word. It's all being a doer of the word. Amen. So again, Revelation 2, 25, but that which ye have already, which ye have already, hold fast till I come. It's a lifestyle for us. It's a lifestyle for us. We're holding fast to what he already made ours in Christ. We're not trying to talk him into something, coerce him into something. He's already made all his blessings ours and we hold fast to that when circumstances come that try to tell us differently. And then once we receive manifestations to answers or to needs in our life, rather, when we receive those answers, we hold fast to that answer. We don't, we don't let the enemy steal it from us. Amen. Um, we were talking about, on the previous episode, we had made this statement, tell your need what God says. You're going to have, God speaks things to us so that we'll spend those words. Yeah. Not so we'll go silent with those words. Yes, yeah, that's true. We need to spend them. We need to say them. Yeah. So that uh, when the Holy Ghost prompts something to us, not only that, what the word says to us is true, but the Holy Spirit will quicken a verse to us. He'll quicken a truth to us. When he does, um, every time something opposes us, we spend that truth. Yes. We speak that truth. That's one way of holding fast to our confession. We tell our opposition what God said. Yes. You know it is with children. I mean, I remember my mother always said, did you hear me? Uh (laughs) What was she doing? She was going to tell again what she had already said and she's checking your hearing. Because if your hearing doesn't improve real quick, you're going to get in trouble. (laughs) She was always holding fast to what she said to us. Well, it's the same thing that when when circumstances oppose us, we're telling them what God already said. And showing him we're not coming off onto a different report, a different confession. Let's let's go back and let's just rehearse and look at um, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Um, we know this Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who were leaders, they were they were Hebrews that had a covenant with God, but they were carried off into captivity along with Daniel. They were, they were schooled and they were raised up and trained for to be um, advisors to the king. 
They trained them. They, um, and just to be political leaders in the nation. And so they schooled them. They trained them as young men. And um, there came a time that King Nebuchadnezzar uh, gave out an edict that was going to compromise the standard and the stand that these three Hebrew men were making. And King Nebuchadnezzar, and we won't take time to turn over there, but it's out of Daniel 3.16. King Nebuchadnezzar had set up a golden statue. He called together all his political people, all those who held offices of influence. And he said, At the, there's going to sound music. And when you hear that music, you're to fall on your knees and you're to worship this golden image of me. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they held to their covenant with God. And they weren't going to fall down and worship any other image. So uh, the music sounded. Everybody hits the ground, so there's three still standing. It's obvious who's not complying with what the king commands, right? I mean, they're just standing there. They know, okay, we're going to stand out like a sore thumb whenever... They start bowing and they just stood. So it's not a question who did not obey. And there are these three men still standing. And there are other leaders that go to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, King, there's three men who did not do what you said. And so the king gives the instruction again. And he says, I'm going, we're going to play that music again and we're going to give you another chance. But what did these three men do? They were holding fast. They were holding fast. What were they holding fast? They were holding fast to what God said, thou shalt have no other gods before you. That's what he said. They're holding fast. Not everyone will congratulate you for holding fast. King Nebuchadnezzar was not saying, good for you. He did not say that. He said, I'm going to give you chance number two. And he said with this, he said, if you do not bow down to this golden image, which I have made, he said, there's a fiery furnace, which was a means of execution in those days. Because they were political leaders, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no doubt they probably would have seen that fiery furnace in use, that fiery furnace in use at times of execution. So they knew what that was. And uh, the king says, I'm going to give you another chance. And if you don't do what I say, you're going to be cast into that. It's going to be execution immediate. It's a death penalty for you. Now that sounds a real, that's a pretty bold threat, right? Uh, Threats can be very bold. Uh But you know what? What you hold to of God's word is always greater. Always greater. If you'll hold to it. And so um, they gave them a second chance. They sounded again. Uh, Verse two, here we go. And... When they sounded the music, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just stood up straight, straight and tall. They did not, they did not yield. Right. Yes. Threats did not make them change what they believed. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now get it. 
The devil's always trying to get you to change what you believe. Threats did not make them change, even when it was at the cost, supposedly, of their life. And so the king then has, he had had a conversation with them. And they said to the king, they said, um, if you throw, if, if you throw us in, he said, um, God will deliver us. If you don't, he said, if you don't throw us in, uh, we're still not bowing. If, but we're not, we're not bowing. We're not bowing. And um, what were they doing? They're holding fast. How did they hold fast? With their words. They kept confessing. They kept confessing. They kept confessing. Doesn't this remind you about David when he faced Goliath? He kept saying something. He ran at Goliath saying something, confessing something, holding fast. I'm going to take your head off your shoulders today. And then not only that, when I'm done with you, I'm going after the rest of you. And he was talking the whole time. How do you hold fast? You better be saying something. You better be saying something. Why? Because the devil's saying something and you better out talk him. You better answer. Answer it. And so they, they, of course, played second verse and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't comply. So the king was angry, you know, because they have challenged his authority in front of his dignitaries. And so he commanded, throw them in. But not only that, he said, make the furnace seven times hotter. Now, you have to think about it. Didn't the king knew the furnace worked? The king, they, they were so certain and so unmoved and so confident that it made him question his furnace. He did seven times hotter. He wanted to make sure. (laughs) And, um, it was so hot. We know it worked that day because when they bound them up to throw them in, those who, those guards who threw them in, the fire came out and licked them up. And they were killed just coming near that furnace. Now that should have been the cue for the king that something's up when the guards are killed, but the three men are still standing there. When they threw him in and uh, the king looks, he spent time talking to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three of them. And he had said, who is this God that'll deliver you? That's what he had said. And then after they were thrown in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing. They weren't fallen. They weren't, all all the bonds were burned off. And there appeared a fourth man in the fire. Holding fast brings heaven on the scene. Heaven will do whatever heaven needs to do because God always meets faith. And now the king who had talked to three men sees four men and says, 
weren't there three men we cast in? He's looking quite unsound. Yeah. Come on. But he sees four. Yes. And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come forth. Come out. It's not, it's not like, why don't you come in and escort yes. us? You know? Yeah. We didn't do that. Yes. No escorts that day. But what did we see? That the, in the, they had such skill with holding fast. That was not the first day they practiced holding fast. That's right. Evidently, because of their skill, they had been holding fast throughout their entire life of devotion and honor to God. They held to his word at every opposition so that when this opposition showed up, they were not in question about the outcome. They said to the king, if you don't throw us in, we're not bowing down. We're not bowing down. Um, they, they, they believed that the king would change his word before God would change. And so we see this, that he, they, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the burning fiery furnace. You know the story. Not even the smell of smoke on them. It's amazing. It's, ah, it's wonderful. But when they came out, the king quit talking about that statue. And he made a new command and he said, their God is God. And we will serve that God. Them holding fast changed a nation. It didn't just deliver their life. It did deliver their life, but that's not the only thing it did. A nation was changed because three men held fast. Three. Three. Yeah. What if the whole body of Christ would just hold fast to what God says? Amen. Amen. So we see this. Our skill at holding fast affects others. It brought salvation to a nation. It brought that God was acknowledged as the only true God right. mm-hmm. in a nation. Yes. Yes. It affected others. Yes. Yes. And whether or not we hold fast, it doesn't just affect us. It affects our family. Yes. It affects our children. It yes. affects our local church. Yes. That we need to be an example yes. of what it means to hold fast. How are you going to hold fast? Tell that need what God said. Yes. God always gives you something to put in your mouth. After my husband went home to be with the Lord, um, uh, probably about two weeks after that, I was standing in the hallway at my home. You know, when God speaks to you, it freezes that moment for you, doesn't it? And you always remember the setting of that moment. And you remember where you were standing. You remember much about that setting. And he, he spoke to me in such a way that it just came out of my mouth without passing through my mind. Uh-huh. It just came up out of my spirit, sure. quoting that passage in Hebrews and the Amplified, where it talks about, um, I will boldly say, the Lord yes. is my helper. Yes. I will boldly say. Mm-hmm. And that verse just came out my mouth before I had time to realize, hey, that's me speaking. <laughs> but it came out of my spirit. And so... Um, I, I quoted that verse. I will boldly say, yes. 
the Lord is my helper. After that came out, then the word of the Lord came to me and he said, you know how I help you. Well, when he asked me a question, it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he wants to affirm what I need to know. He says, do you know how I help you? By putting my word in your mouth. The more you put my word in your mouth, the more I help. So we invite the measure of his help by the measure that we're saying what he says. If we say it a little bit, then he can only help a little bit. But if we'll say it much, he can help much. Because our saying invites him. Our saying opens the door to how great the flow of his help is. If we only crack the door open, he'll come in, he'll come in through a crack. But if we'll swing it open wide by much saying, then we'll have a greater flow of his help. Amen. Um, I'm reminded of a testimony that one minister gives. He, of course, a man of faith. He had a healing ministry. And he was able to help his family with his faith. I mean, when different ones had different needs, he was able to pray and believe God for them to receive what they needed, whether it was healing or deliverance from other things or help in different arenas of their life. He was able to help them because he was able to bring his faith to their situation. One of his relatives had faced a very serious, critical physical condition. And he was able to pray for her and God delivered her. Mm-hmm. But you have to know this, uh, the prayer of agreement, what a blessing. Yes. What a blessing yes. when somebody can pray with you right. yes. or for you, mm-hmm. someone else lays hands on you yes. and you receive something from yes. them yes. of their faith is an assist to yours. But when somebody else is bringing their faith through the prayer of agreement, that's not a dismissal of your own faith. The prayer of agreement is two agreeing. They both have to be believing. Someone else praying for you is never a release of your own release of faith. It's never a dismissal, rather, of your own release of faith. You have to be bringing your faith as well. And so uh, she was, she received help and healing because of this relative's faith. But after a period of several years, another physical condition came back mm-hmm. and she did not receive the healing mm-hmm. with the help of her family member's faith. Mm-hmm. And why was that? Well, God said to her family member, she didn't take time to develop her own faith and to learn to hold fast for herself. See, someone else can help you with their faith, but they can't hold fast forever for you. We must all learn to hold fast. That's what I'm saying. When you receive, if someone lays hands on you, maybe your pastor has laid hands on you or another minister or a fellow believer and you received your healing, you're not dismissed from holding fast just because the help came from someone else's faith or from their prayer of agreement with you. Uh Amen. Amen. You've still got to hold fast. Learn to hold fast. Practice holding fast. Use the everyday circumstances of life that are not 
a crisis, uh-huh. that are not an emergency, yeah. to gain skill at holding fast. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Use every day the, the, the simpler things yes. of life so that when greater challenges come, you've already got skill in place. You've got experience with this flow of holding fast. Our ability to hold fast will determine how God can use us. That's right. That's good. Amen. It'll determine because he, uh, when he has a job that requires someone to hold fast, if we've got skill, he'll know I can get them on that assignment. Amen. 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 And we want to be of great use to God. We're all of great value. Why? Because we're purchased by the blood. But I know you're like me. We want to be of great use to God. Amen. And being able to hold fast with great skill Uh is uh, God needs people that know how to hold fast. Amen. Because why? We're co-laborers with him. Amen. Uh, Well, I want to pray with you today. And uh, I don't know what needs uh, your life may have, but God knows. And you know, and we want to join our faith with you. It is our privilege. It's a scriptural flow for us to pray the prayer of agreement that you bring your faith and we bring our faith. Amen. And so if you have a financial need, if you have a physical need, if you have a need in your family, your home, your marriage, whatever it is, we join our faith with you. So if you would just reach your hand out as a sign that you are releasing your faith with us. And we say, Satan, you take your hands off their life in Jesus' name. You take your hand off of every arena of their life. You take your hand off their finances. You take your hand off their mind. You take your hand off their home, off their children, off their business, off their family. You take your hand off their body in Jesus' name. You cannot fulfill your plan because we hold fast to what God says. And Father, we thank you for your delivering power. We thank you for your all-conquering power. We thank you for that healing power that flows into their life, into their bodies. And I say for those of you needing healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I say symptom, pain, sickness, and disease, you take your hand off their bodies and you receive that healing into your body in Jesus' name. And right where you're at, just say, I receive that. I receive it. And even after we go off the air, you just hold fast and you say, the power of God's working in me. The power of God is working in me. The power of God's working in my finances, in my marriage, in my home, in my family, in my children, in my business. Amen. The reason we're able to come to you today is because of the generosity of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and their partners. Uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries sows this time into our ministry. And if you're not already, we invite you to become a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. You can do that by going to kcm.org and sign up there. And it'll be a great blessing to keep these programs coming to you on the air. Amen. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Paducah, Kentucky, May 21st through the 25th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.